for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors 122, New York Knicks 95. Matt Stein, Matt's John Dickinson from Oracle Arena. You're listening to the Warriors Wrap Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. And this is the equivalent of a laugher in baseball. Uh, Knicks hung around for about 22 minutes tonight. Uh, Warriors went into half on a run and then took over in the second half and made this one uh, pretty much of a blowout. Clay Thompson, the big man tonight for the Golden State Warriors, he finished with 43 points. He was 18 for 29 from the floor, ended up making 7 of 16 from three-point range. And he was the Golden State Warriors, uh, let's say, most prolific scorer tonight. Uh, the 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 night isn't really about the Knicks, though. Uh, to me, the night is about DeMarcus Cousins uh, coming back around January 18th. So it, it appears DeMarcus Cousins is 10 days to two weeks away uh, from returning. That's a big big story for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Patrick McCaw news is interesting that the league is looking into the Cleveland Cavaliers signing of uh, of McCaw to the offer sheet. Uh, that's being looked into. Maybe there's an issue there where there was some circumvention of the salary cap uh, that may have happened in terms of that. But it's mostly – and then, of course – this is the team that supposedly Kevin Durant may be interested in joining at the end of the season. So we got a bunch of things that we can talk about besides the fact that the Warriors won by 27 and that the Knicks stink. Yeah, and we're also at the halfway point. Yeah, now, that's officially true too. Yeah. 41 down, 41 to go as of close of business January 8th for both the Warriors and the Knicks. The Knicks on pace to win 20 games and lose 62 and the Warriors halfway through 27 and 14 so on pace to win 54 games uh, are the Golden State Warriors which would be what four fewer than they won a year ago although I think there's a belief that the Warriors at least at this point are getting healthier as opposed to you know maybe having some of the injury issues that they had toward the end of the season March in particular last year story tonight for me aside from Clay Thompson, was that the Warriors came out in the third quarter and put the game away. That That's the simplest thing for me. 33-19 in the third. They scored the final 13 points of the second quarter as well. So you add up the final 13 there, and then you add the 33 to that. So it was basically a 46-19 flip of the switch to turn the game into a blowout. And it's been a while since we've seen a blowout in this building in the Warriors' favor. And Golden State, you know, I know it's they've been doing really well on the road lately. Right. Warriors lost three games in a row at home. So to get a home win, have it be a blowout, when everybody expects to walk in the building and see it be a blowout, I think that in and of itself, January 8th, tonight's game, that's a positive sign for this team. Yeah, and I also think uh, what's a positive sign is kind of where the Warriors are right now. Uh, they got a couple wins under their belt. They got a couple days off from games. Friday, the Bulls come into town. Uh, it's another opportunity for them to get right. And we're at another point where it might not happen Friday, but you start to get the feeling that maybe the Warriors uh, were, will pick it up a little bit. And 
I think in an ideal world for the Warriors, they have a real good 10-day stretch, two-week stretch, and then Cousins comes back, and, and we'll see how they utilize him. It, it feels like now, J.D., I mean, if look, it's going to happen January 18th or right around there. I think that's obvious. I think Steve Kerr confirmed that last night. So now it's time to talk about how they gonna how are they gonna use him? I mean, how, how are they gonna is he gonna start on January 18th against the Clippers? Yes, okay. I think he is. I'm going back to when Steve Kerr said that in the off season. I think he sticks to it. I think it actually helps with the rest of the rotation because you can take Kevon Looney out of the starting lineup and make him your first big man in, which is a role that I think Steve Kerr prefers for Kevon Looney. It allows Cousins to play with four other talented all-star level players. Uh, and you also figure out how that five can work together and maybe some of the, the, the embarrassment of riches, positive factors that come about. And if there are any challenges, you start to figure out what those challenges are going up against a, you know, the opponent's main guys. So to me, it's a no-brainer that he starts. There's ways to alter the minutes beyond that. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to talk about this game tonight against the New York Knicks. An easy win for the Warriors, 122-95. You want to talk about Cousins targeting a January 18th return against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, that's certainly interesting and intriguing, and we're going to be talking a lot about that in the next uh, few days and, and at least the next week or two. And uh, the Patrick McCaw situation J.D., I think what we're going to find is that maybe there was some stuff going on, but I don't think that any rules were broken. Basically, what what I think the, uh, the Warriors want the league to look at, and I don't know how complicated this is, but Patrick McCaw was a restricted free agent, which meant the Warriors were going to have his uh, rights as long as – he wanted to play in the NBA, basically, and they would have the right to match a contract. And the Cleveland Cavaliers signed McCaw to an offer sheet that I think they knew the Warriors wouldn't and couldn't match. And they didn't really have an interest in McCaw because they waived him about a week after they signed him. I think he played two games. But the mere fact that they signed him to an offer sheet the Warriors didn't match means that he's now a free agent. He's just a free agent. So he got away from the Warriors, which is what he wanted because he did not – we don't know why he didn't want to play for the Warriors. We just know he didn't want to play for the Warriors. Yeah, and look, I, I'm with you. I don't think any rules were broken, although uh, Mark Stein of the New York Times reporting that the league is going to take a look at it uh, and you know evaluate if there was any – let's say, under-the-table dealings. I think that's more where the Warriors are, are possibly coming from in, in some of their frustration, uh, and the league would, would take a look at if any rules were broken because you can't have you can't have an, uh, an under-the... You know, if there's a paper right. trail, let's say, of, right. of some under-the-table dealings where, you know, McCaw, his agent is saying to the Cavs, hey, sign him to this and do it non-guaranteed, and then you can waive him, and then it's all good. The the you know, it, it, How the contract came about and how the idea to do this contract 
came about is what the league is is going to be focused on. Well, now you start looking back at that time and what happened, and the funny thing is, yes, but (laughs) I lost my train of thought, but what I'm saying is because... My bad. No, it's not your bad. I should be able to do two things at one time. Remember a week before he was signed to the offer sheet, there was a report that the Warriors were going to match? Yeah. Now, looking back at that, that seems a little, you know, a little little odd, don't you think? That the Warriors wanted it out there? Yeah. Yeah, that, that the almost Warriors... Almost to dare yeah, like they to had, not sign an offer, not, not well, almost like they offer. Well, almost like they had heard there was something in the works, and they were saying, well, that's fine, we're going to match anyway. Right. So maybe so they won't it. do Yeah, or or don't do it because you know you're not going to get it anyway. All right, 888-957-9570. Let's go out to the phone lines. And when we do that, it's always brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. Let's go to Mo in Danville. Hey, Mo, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Steiny? Happy New Year, hey. man. Hope everyone's Same well. Same to you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, having Clay have a good night tonight, it's been really important for the team. You know, got to have more Clay Bell. It's really important for him to get the confidence going into the new year into the stretch where we're going to have a lot of road games here coming up. It's nice to get that medicine at home. Um, it's going to be really good. But I think what I want to talk about was the rotation. You picked up on it. I think they're definitely going to start all five of the All-Stars. But I would like for them to have this concept, you know, before the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, go to like a, you know, a drafted three and a free agent three where Dre, Steph, and Clay are together and then – KD, Boogie, and, uh, you know. Uh, Iguodala. Yeah, yeah, Iguodala are, are on the unit together. I think having that balance is going to keep, you know, um, the defense is constantly trying to figure out what to do defensively against that type of rotation. But, you know, obviously you guys are more experienced and understand a little bit more about the nuance of the rotation. But just having them split up after the first, you know, eight minutes, I think will give a lot more artificial depth to this bench that, you know, it's right now not really as deep as it was, was in the last couple of years, but what yeah. off, off No, I, I think I think without even really getting into specifics, if Cousins can play 25 minutes a game, I would say most of their bench issues will go away if they're healthy. If they're healthy, because then all of a sudden you got a wing off the bench in Iguodala, you got a big man off the bench in Looney, you still got Livingston in the backcourt, and then then you move Jarebko to the ninth man spot or tenth man spot, which is which is really, you know, pretty good. If you have Jure- if Jarebko's your tenth man, you're a good team. You know, if he's if he's playing a lot, you know, if he's your sixth man, that might be a little too high in the rotation for him. Yeah, I think what's going to happen ultimately is Curry and Durant are gonna go back to playing the entire first and third quarters together. Uh, and then you're going to have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green come out right around the three-minute mark of the first and the third quarters. They'll come back in to start the second and the fourth quarters. And I think what you'll also have is DeMarcus Cousins play the first six minutes of the first and third quarters, be subbed out, get a little bit more of an extended rest, and he will come back in at the beginning of the second and fourth quarter. So essentially – you will start the game and start the third quarter with six minutes of all five all-stars. You're going to take Cousins out, and you're going to have four of the five all-star or you know four of the five all-stars for nine minutes, 
and then you're going to take Clay Thompson and you're going to take Draymond Green out, but you're still going to have Curry and Durant together. Move to the top of the second and fourth quarters, and that leaves Cousins to come back into the game with Clay, with Draymond essentially putting Cousins into the David West role, and then you can play Iguodala and you can play Livingston with those two, fit Jarebko in here and there, and I think that's your that's your primary rotation. Now you can tinker here and there with McKinney and Jarebko and everybody else from that point, but I think that's the baseline for how the Warriors would like to have it look. Okay, you got it all figured out. Uh, who plays the last four minutes? That's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question. No, and I know. And I, I think know. it'll be set up where it'll be set up where you come down the stretch of the game and Cousins is going to play those first, let's say, six minutes of the fourth quarter. Right. Okay. And he's they're going to the unit that's going to start the fourth quarter is going to be. Iguodala and Livingston and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and DeMarcus Cousins, okay? Well, Cousins is going to play until, let's say, the seven, six, seven-minute mark, and then he's going to get a, a breather. Then once you get to about the three-minute mark, it's going to be a question of do you roll with Iguodala or do you bring Cousins back into the game with the other four All-Stars? So I think they're, that that's the nuts and bolts of how I think the decision will ultimately have to be made. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very interesting to watch. 888-957-9570 if you want to get in, talk about this one. You're listening to the Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. And tonight's play of the game is brought to you by Putnam Audio. Visit Putnam Cadillac, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Burlingame featuring the all-new XT4 crossover SUV or visit PutnamGM.com. It's time for the play of the game. Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 10.30 for your chance to win $100. Now, here's the play of the game. Rebound comes out of the glass. Long pass by Curry, deflected by Dotson to Thompson to Draymond, lob to Iguodala. Look out! Two-hand slam for Andre. Climbing the ladder. A little elevation sensation for Iguodala. And the Warriors have their largest lead of the game, 98-70. to all righty, there you have it. That's the play of the game. Remember to call in tomorrow at 10.30, and you can win $100. Just tell Guru and myself what the play of the game was, and uh, we'll set you up with $100. It's as simple as that. Let's head out to Galileo in San Jose. Galileo, my sources say, uh, was at the arena tonight watching the ball game. Yes, sir, Mr. Steinman. I like how Iggy was driving. It bounces the attack. Durant so unselfish all season, especially the last couple games. Last game, all nine of his assists led to threes. And, um, you know, I listened to a podcast when Rudy Gay, who came back from an Achilles injury, said that one thing that helped him was focusing on one thing. So he just focused on scoring. If Cousins could just focus on, you know, D and rebounds or just scoring, then the rest of his game can come around. Thank you for the call, Galileo. I'm chuckling here. John Dickinson and I are chuckling that. Of course, that was what Rudy Gay Rudy said. Gay be the gonna, one thing he would focus on. Was the one thing, was the one thing focus he focused on. on when he was healthy. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to score. Uh, no, it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I think, uh, you know, whether it's the 18th or it's somewhere near the 18th, I think that's a. It's it's a good time. It's a good time for the Warriors. 
uh, to be getting Boogie Cousins back, whatever it's going to be, 45 or so, maybe 50-ish games into the year. Uh, I think they're going. I think they, I think he's going to give them a boost. Uh, I don't think it's going to be necessarily. It's not going to be seamless. It might not be smooth. There you, may be some bumps. You know why he's going to give him a boost? Why is that? Beyond the, the reasons that we're all talking about as far as the basketball goes, I think he's going to give him a boost just because it's almost going to be the first time you see the, the end. The end of the regular season, the beginning of the playoffs. I think it's going to energize the Warriors because it's a different puzzle that they're going to have to figure out, but it's a puzzle that just – smacks him upside the head with this is the piece that that we need this is the piece we've been waiting for this is the piece we now have let's see how this complete team works together and and can start doing some damage you know leading up to the playoffs which is what the ultimate goal is to to win that third championship well when you think about it like that like you just put it it does make some sense it's almost like all right the Warriors have been to four straight finals they want to get to five they have this new player, DeMarcus Cousins, who's a star, who's an who's an all-star. I wonder if there wasn't some well, there's no real sense in putting it together the first 40 games because Cousins is you know, we're we're not going to be whole until Cousins comes back. So we'll get serious once Cousins gets I mean, obviously this isn't thought out in a conscious manner, but I do wonder if I do think I see Cousins coming back as the beginning of a different kind of season for the Warriors, one that maybe takes on uh, a lot more importance, obviously, if for no other reason that it comes later in the season. Uh, let's go to Mark in Berkeley. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hey, Sonny. How you doing, man? Doing well. Good. Um, I agree that I think the, the fact that Cousins comes in, he's going to make, uh, you know, the Warriors refreshed because they got to figure out how to mix him in. I mean, mix him in the lineup. But I'll go back to something I said a few days ago. They still need a post player. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is a great uh, guy on the inside. He's got a great three-point shot. But the Warriors don't have a true big man in the middle. And until the Warriors solve that problem, it's going to be games like Sacramento where they, they've got so many people that can drive the basket and shoot it's going to be hard for the Warriors to make it through the postseason without a man in the middle. So my, my, I'm putting my vote in for Robin Williams, uh, Robin uh, Lopez. So you don't think you don't think Cousins is going to be enough? I I don't think he's going to be enough. Not with that Achilles, man. I mean, I think okay. in the postseason guys are going hard, and I don't know. Cousins has, uh, Cousins has been tested, so I'm hoping Bob Myers is listening. Get Robin Lopez. Buy him out. Buy that contract out. You got rid of uh, our boy. Uh, I forgot his name. He's already Who? gone. I, I, I mean, Who, Pachulia? Huh? West? Uh, McGee? The cab we just let go of. We went to Cavs. Oh, McCall. Oh, McCall. McCall. Yeah, yeah McCall. So he's not a big. So, I mean, he's not a big, but I'm saying we got rid of some cap room that we can use. We need to buy that Robin Lopez out <laughs> and put him well, on the roster. And he's a big man in the middle. Gotcha. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate well, the call. Look, I mean, it's Demarcus Cousins. I mean, to me, you don't need both. I don't see that scenario. Well, you only need both, uh, unless you know, unless Cousins you see can't after play. three weeks, you might have trouble with Cousins. Right. But that's got to be obvious. But I'm. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen like that. The best case scenario 
for the Warriors is DeMarcus Cousins comes back, and yes, they'll have to manage his minutes and be careful with him initially and really monitor how he's how he's feeling, how he looks, agility and all of that stuff. But the best-case scenario would be that you can – get to a point relatively quickly where you can envision him playing 24 minutes a game. Right. 20, 24 minutes a game and and believe that that's what you're going to get night in, night out at a minimum between now and June, five months from now when the NBA Finals are going to be going on. And then once you can envision that and you believe that his health will hold up, then you've got a 15th roster spot to go out and add a little bit of wing insurance. And I keep coming back to this. I think I say it every show. The best possible signing in my mind for the Warriors would be someone that you trust to play if Livingston or Iguodala can't play in playoff games. Maybe it's six minutes in each half. Maybe it's ten minutes in each half. I don't know what it winds up being, but just to have that one guy you trust that can do a little bit of what Livingston does, a little bit of what Iguodala does, maybe shoot the three a little bit, that that's what you want in a perfect world. You get Cousins back, and then you're able to add that wing player, that mystery player that we don't really know who it is yet. I haven't totally identified the name uh, yet or a group of players just yet, but I think that's the that is the just perfect scenario down the stretch for the Warriors if they could just attack both of those in that manner. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to jump in. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of the ways where I think Cousins is not only going to fit in, but where he really might uh, help the Golden State Warriors. You are listening to the Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Matt Steinmetz and John Dickinson with you. Warriors 122, New York Knicks 95. Pretty easy one tonight for the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson, the star of the ball game, 18 for 29. He had 43 points. He was 7 for 16 from three-point range. And what, he had eight points, and uh, you, you, were, you were doing math all night long. I was doing some math, and then I, I lost my uh, my track here. He, he hit a three at 6.15. Okay. Then he hit a two at 5.53. Okay. And then he hit a three at 5.33. So you add that up, and it's 15, and it's 27. So he had it was 42, 42 seconds. 42 seconds. 42 seconds, he had eight points. It, and there was a, a canter shot right before that, I guess. 40, okay, so, yeah. yeah, Clay finished with 43. And he uh, had eight of them in 42 seconds in the fourth quarter. When, yeah, he, yes. They call, I thought, I actually thought he had three threes in there, but I guess they. That nah, was a 22-footer. All right, let's, uh, what do you say we hear from Clay Thompson, he of the 43-point game? Hey Clay, what do you think you uh, got your game going tonight? Uh, I don't know, I think I hit a, uh, Few, you know, you get a few easy looks early. Get a couple at the rim. You know, already in a good rhythm, mid first quarter. And um, felt like I should have had 10 threes, but you never let, you know, miss shots affect you. you. Just keep being aggressive. Unfortunately, I didn't have very many assists, but that happens. Third quarter, it looked like you kind of went into that zone where everything you throw up was going in. Did you sense that? And did you feel that? And what's that like? 
Uh, a little bit. Um, I just thought I was getting good shots. I was in a good rhythm to start the game. Have been these last few games. And uh, what it's like, I mean, it's the best feeling on a basketball court, especially when you propel your team to a win, when you get one of those zones. They don't happen very often. So when you do, when you do enter them, you try to just stay in them as long as you can and, you know, get great looks every time down the floor. Sounds like you guys now kind of have a target return date or area for DeMarcus later this month. It, you know, how good is that for you guys to finally have, you know, maybe a known runway leading up to, to getting him back? It's exciting. I know our fan base is excited. NBA is excited. I can't wait to integrate him with our team. He has a whole new dimension, especially on the block. He's such a handful down there and his ability to play make. So I'm excited to get DeMarcus back. He's going to be, he's been great in the rehab process. I commend him for you know, sticking with it. That's, that, people don't realize how hard that is to do, to just come in every day and not see an end point, but just try to work to get healthy. He's been so mature about it, and I can't wait to get out there with him on the floor. I've been blessed to play with him with Team USA. I've seen up close and personal how good he is, and he can will you to wins. Clay, a lot was made over the slump. You know, you're in December, a little bit in uh, November. Do you think you were due for one of these kind of games? Every night I feel like I'm due for one of these kind of games, believe it or not. But uh, uh, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal to miss, you know, not hit my career marks of whatever field goal percentage, whatever it was, because I know how long the season is. I've been doing this for eight years now, and I know there's going to be ups and downs. And uh, you want to be at your best when your best is needed. And although I feel like it's needed every night, we still have a lot more important games ahead of us. He always feels like he's going to erupt for 43, Clay. I mean, that's a mentality you got to have. No doubt about it. I'm kind of chuckling, but... Hey, man, shoot or shoot. I mean, great players do expect to have a great game every time they go out. Uh, so that part, I believe. Uh, let's go out to Nick. Nick's in Berkeley. What's going on, Nick? Hey, what's up, you guys? Great game by the Warriors. And um, I think that um, with Boogie Cousins, man, he's going to take a lot of heat off... Uh, off the foul trouble that Draymond and our other bigs yeah. may get into in the playoffs, man. And then also I think he's going to be handful down on the blocks. And like Clay was just saying, man, it's such a dynamic to have him such a beast. You know, he can shoot inside-outside. So the inside-outside game, the Warriors will have on the blocks, man, it'll free up a lot of shots for the, for the guards, I think. I will say, and thanks for the call, Nick, I'll say two things there. I do think Draymond Green is probably going to be the happiest Warrior now that Cousins is back. And I wouldn't be surprised if it jump starts Draymond's game just a little bit um the second thing is you know I, I don't know how the Warriors are going to use Cousins because he's so versatile you can put him in a lot of different places but I will say this they will have the opportunity to work inside out essentially for the first time under Steve Kerr they didn't really even play out of the low post much with Bogut who was pretty skilled because he wasn't a scorer down there. They've just never really had somebody that they throw it down there with the first idea to punish somebody. Yeah, you could run five down right. and just and and get him the ball and he can operate. Right. And that's not something you want to do constantly. No, but, but you're gonna have some mismatches there and some other teams are gonna hey, you're gonna try and go small and and make it problematic for Cousins on the other end, okay, well, then you put your small guy on Cousins, and, and he's going to overpower you and get a layup. Yeah. I, I think it's a – look, I'm not saying you do it all the time, but you put Cousins down in the low post, and you make it simple. Are they going to single-team him? 
Go to work. Let's see what you got. DeMarcus, yeah. you know, you're coming off injury. Can you take advantage of those kind of and players? And if you double-team him, he can pass. Yeah. Uh, the, it's just that the pass, the, the that first pass will be coming from a little different spot. You're, you're going to see more traditional, right. like I said, all right, five down, he's going to get the ball in the box, and you're going to see more of that traditional guys cutting off of that, you know, what used to be the norm, guys cutting, guys, you know, funneling around the three-point line for kickouts. I mean, there's that. that's a – a simple set to put into an offense, yeah. and I think it's something that could be beneficial to all of the other Warriors players, really. I mean, you, you put Draymond Green in a spot where maybe he's the last option, and you've got Durant and Curry and Clay Thompson as three shooters out on the perimeter. I mean, that's that that's another weapon is what that is. Yeah, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what Cousins has. It really is. Uh, they say sometimes you need two years from that injury. But they, they don't need him to be back to where he was two years ago. They they need somebody who's just, what do you think, 65%, 70%? That should be enough to get it done. 70 for, would do for it the for goal. me. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. Uh, let's hear from Kevin Durant. Let me throw his numbers out there, and then we'll take a listen to Kevin Durant. KD tonight, 24.7 for 14 from the floor. He made 8 of 9 from the line. Six assists, the only bugaboo tonight. Six turnovers for Kevin Durant. But let's take a listen to what Durant said. Uh, Kevin, uh, your defense, uh, the, the team's defense tonight was probably one of the best of the year. Um, did you feel that way? And uh, can you all look at things that you did tonight moving forward? Yeah, I like I like how we uh, kept the ball in front. We guarded our man individually. Um, that's what's going to come down to in the playoffs, just one-on-one defense. And uh, I thought tonight we did a good job of just making every catch tough, uh, every finish tough. We're hearing that DeMarcus should be back sometime next week. Um, what have you seen from him in the workouts you've seen, and what do you expect from him once he gets back on the court? Uh, just seeing him progress over the last couple, uh, you know, since he's been here. Um, he's been putting in a lot of work on his rehab. Um, but I don't know what to expect out of his first game. Um, you know, just happy that he's going to be out there. Ke- Kevin, what uh, significance do you attach to the All-Stars being able to play in the low 30s tonight after having, you know, some longer minutes in recent games with the close ones? I mean, we're all young. We can take, we can handle it. Steve Kerr was saying before the game that he talked to you guys recently about the idea that, yes, rules are kind of stacked against the defense these days, but it doesn't mean that we can not concentrate on defense and, and, uh, you know, do what what we can within the rules. Do do you think that message kind of struck home? Was that any part of tonight's performance? Uh, I mean, we always always knew that, you know. you know, we can't give up transition threes or just uh, miscommunication, um, open shots where we're not talking out our switches or, you know, we're not calling out a back screen or a flare screen or those stuff. We, that stuff we could take out. Just the on-ball defense and the physicality, you know, we'll get adjusted to the rules. But just the small stuff that we can take out, Coach was telling us that um, it will definitely help us on the defensive side of the ball. He's just communicating more and running back on defense and calling your man out. Uh, just the small things we got to get better at. That's Kevin Durant. Yeah, the uh, Durant soon, soon to be Nick. Yeah, yeah. Why are we gonna go there right now? I mean, we, we can. might as well. I mean, we I mean why in the hell would 
Kevin Durant want to join that franchise? Well, I mean, honestly, do you want to you want me to answer yeah. the question? Give me, yeah. Well, first of all, you're always uh, a straight shooter. First of all, it's a place he can go where he knows he's going to get playing time. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take some minutes away from... Uh, Poor Vonley. No Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley's just <laughs> making hay this year with his minus 28. Oh. I mean, is that the worst roster in the NBA right well, now without it, yeah. Porzingis? Yeah, I think it is this, without Porzingis. This incarnation of this team. I like Tim Hardaway Jr. a little just because he's a... He'd be a great sixth man. And Knox doesn't stink. No, he Knox is going to be okay. But you what else tell. is going on? I Trier's that. okay. God, Courtney Lee didn't even play. Cantor's. Cantor. You don't like his own, you? No. He's <laughs> his team high tonight. Yeah, team minus eight, 19. 19. It was a minus eight. Durant, by the way, tonight. Yes. His 14th consecutive game with 20 or more points. You know what that does? That ties his longest streak of really? games, scoring 20 in a row or 20 or more. With the Warriors. Oh, uh, with the I was going to yeah. say, if that was over his career, I'd be surprised. Yeah, with the Warriors. I would be surprised. Uh, was one other player on this roster I wanted to talk about with the Knicks? Shoot. Was it Porzingis? I mean, the okay, it was why, why would Durant go to the Knicks? I, I don't know. I mean, when you look at the Knicks on a night like tonight, you, you got to ask why. Well, but like, if, I look if, at the Knicks if and he I likes go... Porzingis, it's hard to like Porzingis now, now because you, you don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. I don't think you could like Porzingis until you see Porzingis play next year. Yeah, no, I then maybe you go, okay, Porzingis, I'm going to go ride with him. I mean, I I just I mean, this team's on pace to win 20 games right now, the right. Knicks, and I'm thinking, okay, you go get Kevin Durant. Then you're on pace to win what, 36, 37? Well, which at least gets you in the playoff conversation these. Oh. I mean, I'm that, just saying. I don't know that. Look, the Knicks, what they're working on their what fifth, sixth year of not making the playoffs. Yeah, I think thirteen was the last time they did. So. Okay, and actually, they weren't that bad before thirteen. People think they they, they had some pretty good years under Mike Woodson. Hey, it's 2019, Steiny. I wish we had New Year. Well, that, what I'm saying is, Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's not 2015 anymore. But no, go ahead. Yeah, it's been a long day. Uh, I mean, have you checked the calendar lately? (laughs) Okay, so my point is (laughs) that the Knicks haven't gone to the postseason in a while. If you throw Kevin Durant onto that roster, they could make the playoffs in the East, I think. I don't know why he'd want to go to – I mean, honestly, he's been in Oklahoma City. He's probably going to win three straight rings. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he's looking for the biggest challenge he can find. I mean, that's about the only reason. Biggest challenge, biggest market. Bring the Knicks back to prominence. And you know what? Maybe that is something. I wonder. I wonder if it is. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Because it's not like you're bringing the Hawks back to prominence, a team that doesn't really have a history. Right. Or a, you know, or the Memphis Grizzlies have stunk for a and decade, let's say, and you're going there and they and don't I, have a history. The Knicks are a I do that's think, a big boy franchise. No doubt, no doubt. And I do think if the Knicks, let's say Durant went there and they, let's just say hypothetically, the next year they go 500 and they make the playoffs. At that point, Durant's there, and maybe they have another good young player, too. I could see them trying to get another free agent, and then maybe you got something. Um, 
but it's it is it is kind of strange thinking about Durant on the Warriors the last three years, and now him playing on that team. It, it plus he didn't get along with Cantor either, has he? Those well, guys don't Cantor like each other. Cantor gets shipped out. I mean, there's some talk that Cantor may be one of the big men that even get bought out. Really? At some point between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of Cantor. I mean, if he's a backup big that yeah, yeah, yeah. just could score. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, 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 for sure. And he, he scores and rebounds, but he, he, he doesn't really defend. Doesn't do much else. Much. He can't defend the perimeter in, in today's no. game for sure. I mean, that's a big-time problem. Yeah, not at all. What Draymond Green do tonight? Two points. Team high, 11 boards. 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Tenth game this year with 10 or more rebounds, 10 assists. Fifth double-double. Second rebound assist double-double for Draymond. Look at the, uh, the other thing that uh, stuck out to me was the Knicks. Look at, look at how many assists the Knicks had. <laughs> I was going to say single digits. Yeah, almost. almost. But look, at, they had three guys in the starting lineup with zero. I mean, that's not easy to do. I w- I mean, and, well, and what's funny is I would have thought, I would have thought. Oh, I mean, Vonley. Okay, they, Tim they Hard- used- I was gonna say I would have thought Tim Hardaway Jr. would have been one of the three with zero. And he yeah, was. he was. Okay. I mean, and you know, I mean, you can run your offense through Vonley, and that's why he got three assists tonight. Willing passer, Noah Vonley. Uh, Tim Hard and Tim Hardaway Jr. Think, uh, come on, they, none of his pops would. His pops love to pass. He liked to score more. He liked to score more, but he did like to score. But he'd more. pass. At least Tim Hardaway Jr. It's a point there's guard. no pretense. He's a scorer. He's a scorer, but he yeah. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's what he does. I wonder why Courtney Lee's not playing for this team. Although he's quietly up there now. What's he probably thirty plus? Easy. I mean, but I mean, playing the young guys. Look at look at yeah. Look at that team. They're terrible. They're terrible. They're, I think they're in the conversation for the worst team I've seen come through here this season. All right, I'm going to hold off till Friday, <laughs> and that's a smart play on your. Although part. you know, you know, we my, can revisit the conversation Friday at this time. You know my, uh, you know my hot take, don't you? Uh, no, but we do have another caller. But yeah, All right, we'll get to Josh in a minute. Uh, this is a hot take where I want to see their coach. It's probably wrong, but it's a hot take. Uh, Markkinen, Laurie Markkinen, yeah. better than Doncic. Take a look at him Friday. Wow. <laughs> I said it's a hot take. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told you it's a hot take. I don't yeah, know about it's, that. It's a hot take at 1120. No, he's pretty okay. good. But Markkinen's in his second year or third year? I think second. Okay. But he, was, he was hurt. Uh, no, I mean, Markkinen's good. He's not as good as Doncic. But he's pretty good. Pretty good player. Marking him better than anybody the Knicks have, other than oh yeah, other than Porzingis, yeah, yes. Marking sure. would start for the okay. Knicks and well, probably average. That could have happened. You know, uh, who do we got? Josh, Josh in Oakland. What's up, Josh? How you doing, man? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call, man. I just sure. wanted to get something off of my chest real Give quick. It to I'm me. just so tired of people, you know, saying that Kevin Durant is going to leave the Warriors. I just don't believe it. I just. My, my, I can't wrap my mind around it. Since he's came to the Golden State Warriors, he's 100% in NBA championships, 100% in finals MVPs, and he's adding longevity onto his career, being able to lean on other all-stars and not have to carry so much of the workload. 
And, man, I just truly believe that in terms of legacy, because that's the only reason, you know, people would say he will leave, because the Warriors can offer him the most money and whatnot. But in terms of legacy, if you stay with the Warriors and you win three in a row, right, you three-peat, and you have a chance to four-peat, right, that's something for your legacy. But where what, what Kevin Durant technically, I think what he's missing, he has to lose with the Warriors. Once he loses with the Warriors and they climb back up that mountain with Kevin Durant, I think everything that – have the media and everybody's been talking about in terms of him chasing the championship and all that. It'll just go away. They just—he's one. He's just 100%. He has to lose. Once he loses, people will accept him. Thanks for taking my call. Once he—I'm lo- sorry, I, I missed that. Like once he once he loses, then people will accept him. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't totally understand that, but the thinking, I guess, being okay, he loses, right? And then. Now they get it now back. You kinda. Go, now you go get it back, and you beat somebody when gotcha. maybe you're not the favorite. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Look, when it, that's the one thing when you look at some team. Okay, look at the, the the Lakers in the 80s. Okay, what they win it? They won it in 80, and they didn't win it in 81. They won it in 82. 82, 85. Did not win it in 83 or 84. Yeah. One at 85. 87, 88. 87, 88. So it is funny. You think of the Warriors winning every year. And, you know, if they don't win it this year, it doesn't mean they might not win it next year. It it means that they're now one of those teams that's probably going to be knocking on the door every year, which is exactly what they want uh, as a franchise. Yeah, that's what Steve Kerr always goes to when he's asked about dynasty. And, and he's always quick to, to not really be able to put the – you know, put a firm handle on what exactly a dynasty is. But, I'm not either. And he uses the Spurs as an example because a lot of people don't consider the Spurs to be a dynasty because they didn't win back-to-back. Right. Even though they won, what was it, from 99 to 2014, they won five. I had it written all down today for my uh, the, my daytime show. Well, they were five and like... It was five and 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we talked to, I mean... 16. Uh, my have been 16 years. Like, people got on me, but I actually don't think the Warriors right now are a dynasty. Really? No, I think four and five does it in the NBA. Yeah. I mean... See, I think, I think if three you, straight would do it and four, and exactly. four and five. That's what I yeah. think, too. But if, if somebody calls in and says, no, it's a dynasty, I'm not going to say you're wrong because we don't know. I mean, we, there's no definition of it. But what what... Although three and four, when you the year you don't win it, you win seventy three and go to we'll game see, seven. Well, that, see, that's the other thing that like that's a positive. Well, we were talking about the Patriots, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won three of four, but didn't make the playoffs the other four the other year. They did it twice actually, right? Well, no, they won three. They won. They've won five in. But anyway, the point is they won three or four. Then they went a time and they won two out of the last right. three. Five and, and seven, two out of the last five four. and seventeen years. Correct. Yeah. But what to me? So is that a dynasty? Well, I don't like. I don't know. Well, it is to me because they won the division fifteen out of sixteen years. So like that counts for something. That's kind of why you know I think. When we take a step back from it all, we'll say the dynasty started in 15 or the first year the Warriors won it, but the reality is the first, the two years before that, they were playoff teams. They made it to the second round that first year. Um, so it's, you know, I, to me, I think it's, you know, the Yankees from 49 to 64, 
I put the Celtics in the 60s. I think you got to put the Canadians in there. But not the Lakers of the 80s? I didn't get there yet. Okay. Uh, yes, I did put the Lakers okay. in the eighties because they won five of like nine, yeah. five of ten. Uh, I put the Islanders in there; they won four in a row. Oh, yeah, I'm not can't can't do college. You UConn women, UCLA men, Tennessee women, absolutely. Um, I guess the uh, Edmonton Oilers had a hell of a stretch. Bulls six and eight. I think they have to be there, and then you have to make a determination on the teams that repeated, like the Lakers. With Kobe Shaq and uh, Kobe and Shaq. Bulls in here on Friday. Yeah, speaking of dynasties. All right, AJD. It's fun working with you. Uh, I will see you uh, on Friday. That's going to do it. Warriors 122, Knicks 95. Remember to listen tomorrow, 1030, play the game. We'll give you $100. You just got to tell us what the play of the game is. Thanks for listening, everybody.